Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Oh, that's what I like to see. The most beautiful, creamy white cauliflower. It was sown in September and is now just ready to harvest. I'm snapping off some of the uh, old outer leaves. We'll pull it from the polytunnel, giving it a bit of protection over winter. is just what all year round cauliflowers need uh, and that'll make a great meal later today. And uh, of course, pulling it up will leave space to get those summer crops of melons, tomatoes and cucumbers planted. It's such an easy way to grow cauliflowers if you've got a, a good-sized cold frame or a, some kind of greenhouse or structure where you can grow in the soil. But I must get this uh, into the fridge, keep it nice and fresh and cool until uh, it's cooked in a few hours' time. There is no better of flower power than forms of the shrubby Our thanks to this week's sponsor, Hayloft Plants Limited of Pershaw, Worcestershire. Hello and welcome to This Week in the Garden. I'm Peter Seabrook, here to exchange some news, views, a bit of seasonal advice and uh, hopefully answer some of your gardening quandaries along the way. Our usual uh, weather commentary, uh, we had a much-wanted heavy rain last Saturday, but much unwanted gale force wind. It thrashed some of those lovely uh, collection of Sonetti in 18 different colours that we have to clad the uh, Chelsea Pyramid at Hyde Hall. Boy, it is distressing working uh, outside and seeing really lovely plants damaged in that way. Uh, But there we are. That's uh, weather. That's what we have to uh, live with. And since then, we've had several really lovely days and the occasional light shower that's uh, pretty useful. When cutting my cauliflower, I wish the scent of sweet peas in the polytunnel could have been passed down the wires to you, or should it be uh, over the ether? You know, when the temperature rises uh, under protection to uh, close on 100 degrees Fahrenheit on sunny days, even with both doors open, uh, that lift in temperature brings on the sweet pea flowering at a rate of knots. And I can cut a good bunch of 24 or so flowers pretty well every day now. All that from just a few seeds and some of those saved from last year's plants. Most of last Sunday was spent at home in the garden. Goodness, how I need one of those recharging, gentle days after such demanding weeks. There seems to be so much going on in the gardening world and so many people wanting things. I've still got a lot of container plants to pot on and a few of them still need splitting before repotting. I've I've got um, an Iris Germanica 
that was repotted in, in March, just throwing up plump buds. There's a delphinium with um, four or five stems in the container with the flower buds already developing. I mean, the delphinium's been uh, under protection since March, so that just sort of moves things on. And I like to do that. It sort of extends the flowering season so that the one in pot flowers first and then one in the garden two weeks later comes into bloom. And we just seem to have them about that much longer. I have the first huge, rich pink tree peony opened. And this plant has uh, such attractive for young leaves, the perfect foil to those sumptuous flowers. And uh, after Sunday, with a lot of time on the veg plot, it really begins to look uh, lived in. I mean, there's those exclamation mark-like leaves sprouting in lines like guardsmen from rows of shallots and onion sets, uh, potatoes pushing through the soil, runner bean supports uh, are in place and some of the first seeds sown. Oh, and the Envira-mesh clad frame uh, over sprouts and uh, purple broccoli, burgundy, uh, all growing really pretty well. Out in the front garden, the newly planted Rose Charisma in a re-soiled and well-manured bed are growing strongly and that young dark foliage is the perfect foil for a mass of semi-double tulips, oriental sunset. Boy, they do look a picture. And with a bit of luck, as the petals fall from the tulips, so the roses will pretty well cover the fading leaves. What's new? Well, this coming week sees the long-awaited opening of Bridgewater, the Royal Horticultural Society's new garden at uh, Salford, Manchester. The BBC TV programme from there earlier this week showed what an ambitious development this site is. It was found by Jim Gardner looking for somewhere for a new garden along the M6 from Birmingham to Manchester way back in 2014. And now, seven years later, and a 35 million investment, uh, it promises to be a mecca for gardeners in the northwest. I've yet to uh, see it, and it's quite a journey from uh, Essex to uh, Manchester. But now that we've got the two vaccinations and lockdown is easing, I should, with luck, be able to get up there and see it for myself. On the school gardening front, it's been a tough second year. I mean, those of us who have been popping in once a week to help with school gardens have been excluded. And I'm afraid most of the plots are pretty overgrown and neglected. I very much hope that uh, there have been a few teachers that have found time to pot on the potatoes sent out for the Grow Your Own Potato Competition and that by the start of uh, the new school year in September we can get back into the uh, ordinary routine uh, and have youngsters growing things. Uh, today's interview comes from... Um, the usual breezy, shall I say, hilltop uh, in Floral Fantasia at 
the Royal Horticultural Society's garden, Hyde Hall, and I'm uh, surrounded by three very distinguished uh, specialists of flowers raised from seeds and cuttings. First of all, Simon, what's your impression when you come here and look at our 270 odd different cultivars of pansy? Extremely impressed, Peter. It's been really an eye-opener to come and see such a wonderful trial. A long time since I've seen such a fantastic flowering pansy trial. Is it teaching you anything? I mean, what have you seen in detail? Yeah, I, you can see some old friends, some old favourites. Um, I think the amount of colour that's on display is very impressive. The plants, perhaps because of the season, are a little bit smaller than I perhaps would have liked, but um, they look as though they're starting to spread now and some are spreading more than others. So I think that's very good information to note. And then I also have with me Tim Curley, who's uh, busy breeding, not uh, from a seed for pansy and viola, but from cuttings. Now, Tim, do you think this uh, little spread here is going to uh, encourage a few visitors to grow a few more pansies? I would certainly hope so. Um, when you consider the weather we've had this season so far, the cold, the wet, the wind, and then you come in here and see the colour on display, you would hope that gardeners will realise what pandas can do for them in their gardens. Now, several people have noted about the deadheading, but your varieties don't seem to need deadheading. Uh, how many colours have you got now? What are they called? We have got five colours, and that is in the Ruffles series. And you're right, they don't need deadheading, um, partly because of the vigour in the plant. We're breeding an extra vigour. So they just keep pushing on new growth to overcome and sort of bury the dead flowers. And also they have this very ruffled flower, which makes it almost look double, which actually helps to prevent seed set as well. So it helps them just to keep going. Well, I can tell you that we're asking visitors to choose their favourite from this uh, 274 or whatever it is collection. Uh, um, and uh, your ruffled uh, flowers are attracting attention, I can tell you. Whether I'll be able to count all the votes, <laughs> I'm not sure. I mean, they're even voting on the piece of cardboard at the bottom of the pad. They're so enthusiastic about That's it. Brilliant. That's really good to hear. Yeah, certainly the, the different flower uh, shape, it does catch people's eye. It's good, yeah. And then I have Michael Smith with us. Uh, Michael, you're only interested really in, in something that you can grow as a wholesale grower and that the public will buy with great speed. Would that be a fair assessment of uh, your interest? That sounds really cruel now, doesn't it? Oh, doesn't it? I, yeah, but possibly. I, I want to I sell something that's going to work, though. And actually, all of these plants I've judged before on our own nursery, growing for our own trials, and... And I knew they were good quality, but when you come up here with all the 200-odd lines, I don't think there's a dud. So I know that I'm selling people good quality now. I think the, the quality of the seed production in pans is, is second to none. Um, the, we've been holding our own trials for over, for over 15 years, and the improvements in that time has been incredible. And, and to see the garden performance now is satisfying, as everybody else has pointed out, in a very difficult year. We only live a couple of, well, less than a mile away, and we know how hard the frost, frosts have been through April. So. Now, when I was chatting to you uh, two or three weeks ago, you drew attention to the panolas that were um, probably good performers to plant in September. Uh, are you prepared to go on record on that kind of thing? Oh, I, I definitely think they're, they're a 
good garden performance plant. And if I was going to plant a pansy for the winter to go through the winter, I'd say perhaps a bit later than September, but September onwards, um, you know it's going to perform all the way through the winter. Unfortunately, for the variety, it's got a very small flower compared with some of the more popular varieties that are being sold. And the public do love the larger flowered varieties. And I've tried to explain in our own retail environment that perhaps they should look towards the panola where they have a lot more flowers coming through and smaller flowers. That doesn't necessarily mean there's going to be less colour. It's going to keep going through the winter. And I've had that conversation. <laughs> but that kind of breeding, I think, is, is excellent for the winter. To come back to Simon and Tim, we've had some very useful support from the BPOA, the British Art and Ornamental Association. Um, do you think that they should support more of this kind of work so that people see what is available? Yes, I, I'm convinced that the, the more promotion that we can do like this and, and to get press coverage uh, means that, that our traditional bedding plants like pansy um, and less traditional plants like the Rudbeckia trial we had last year and the, the calendulas that we're going to be planting soon need exposure to gardeners. They need to be reminded of how wonderful they are to grow uh, and the amount of colour they give um, and excitement. So I think giving support for promotion um, by the by the BPOA is an important feature of our activities and uh, so I hope we can persuade the rest of our membership to come on board and, and, and join the party. They certainly need to come and see it. They absolutely do. Come to Hyde Hall and, and, and just, you know... <laughs> see what there is available. Yeah. And, and Tim, you're also interested in begonias. We had some of your fragrant begonias flowering last summer. Yet another interest of yours, the Princess Bellarina. Absolutely, and that yes. was a partnership which looks to me as if it'll work very well. That was a very novel and very clever idea of yours, Mr Seabrook, to actually, um, yes, use the begonias to cover over the ballerina through the summer, to take the heat off them. And that's when the begonias love it, when it's nice and warm and bright. They give you the fragrance through the summer. And as they die down, then the ballerinas come back and give you the fragrance through the winter and into the spring. It's a very good combination. Brilliant idea. Gentlemen, thank you very much for your time, both coming here and uh, joining us on the podcast. Thank you. Thank you, Peter. Thank you. And my tailpiece, I have in mind this week, Joe Edwards in Cornwall who by a miscalculation ended up with 12 tonnes of compost dumped on her front drive. That'll take some wheelbarrowing round the back, but it uh, should improve the soil tremendously. I'm reminded uh, of the time I treated our front lawn with lawn sand to control moss. And when I dropped the bag having done a pretty good job uh, getting even distribution across the turf, noticed that the area it covered was double the size of our lawn. I was off working for uh, a couple of days from then, so uh, I nipped indoors and said to Margaret not to worry if the turf went black because uh, twice the rate of lawn sand had been applied. Fortunately, as I left home, it started to rain, and it rained all day, and we ended up with one of the greenest front lawns in the neighbourhood. 
you need a bit of luck sometimes. And I wish you a lucky week. Hope to be with you again in a few days' time. Our thanks to this week's sponsor, Hayloft Plants Limited of Pershaw, Worcestershire. To my producer, Rich Jarman, and of course to you for listening.